Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Another day, another recording. Another week, another recording. It's funny because like now that uh, the sun is like going down more and more, quicker mm-hmm. and quicker, I'm kind of feeling sad for my plants. Today was plant water day. For me, I always get it on the schedule. And as I was walking around the house, like watering my plants, normally at this time they would be in the sun still, but they're like not really in the sun. Are you sure they just weren't in the sun yet? Oh, well, that's what I mean. Typically oh. at this time oh, they would oh, be in the sun, but I mean, this is like, I they'll be fine, but yeah. I was going to say your ones in front that were all like sunburnt a few weeks ago are like thriving. Well, because I think the sun isn't as harsh right now, so they're not yeah. getting cooked for as long in the day, but my babies are thriving too bad. Not like their dad. So uh, <laughs> hey guys, I'm Brian. I'm Shane. And you are listening to Fruit Snacks. on this fruit roll up what's been going on okay well i have a little gym update um which actually somebody messaged me yesterday um well i'll just say it was kevin uh-huh um reached out hey kevin hey kevin um, he was listening and he was talking about how frustrated he also is at the gym uh-huh. in orange county um with just like the shenanigans going on and it was funny because after we were texting i went to the gym in huntington and i was putting my stuff in a locker And there were these two older guys behind me and they were talking about, I don't know what they were talking about because there's an outdoor pool at that gym. Mm -hmm. And when I first started going, like almost a few weeks ago now, the middle lane of the three lane pool was blocked off with like caution tape, which didn't make sense to me because I'm like, it's a pool full of chlorine, like whatever. After that first like week or so that I was going, they opened it. So now all three lanes have been open. But one of the guys in the locker room was, uh, of course, like a middle-aged white guy, was talking about how the middle lane was blocked again, and it wasn't. Like, I walked past it coming in, yeah. and all three lanes were open. The pool was just really crowded. But he was talking about how he was, like, so mad because the middle lane was closed again, and he didn't understand why. And I agree. Like, I don't understand why you would block off one of the lanes. But he was, like, he made some passing comment because he was talking to another older white guy. And he was, like, you know, but now they say it can spread in water. And the older guy was like, fear in his eyes. He's like, wait, who said that? <laughs> and the the middle-aged white guy was like, well, nobody, man. I'm just jerking you off. <laughs> and my eyes popped open and I was like, I'm just jerking you off. Like, never in my mind have I thought to tell somebody that, like, as a joking manner. But it just goes back to me saying there's so much, like, homoeroticism amongst, <laughs> amongst like, straight white men. Because I'm like, gay men don't even say that to each other. No. Like, oh, I was just jerking you off. We'll like, just literally jerk the... you off. We don't need to say it. Yeah. <laughs> but we kidding. also would never say it no, in, like, we a wouldn't. joking manner. No, that would be weird. But, yeah, it was, like, so weird. But I just wanted to, like, throw that update in there because I'm still as gay as ever is in Huntington <laughs> Beach. And also, um, in the self-care department, I have scheduled my first haircut on next Tuesday um, in four months. Uh-huh. Russell's been cutting my hair. Russell's really great at fading. He's still learning a lot about the tops of hair, at least like for straight hair because he has very curly hair. <laughs> so I just need like a little, little even up uh, up there. But I'm going in and I'm excited to like be in a salon again. And like get my hair cut because it feels so good. Your life is so thrilling. Like I just thrilling. can't keep up. Gym like, haircuts. Honestly, I'm considering going back wow. to getting my eyebrows done. Your life is so exciting I to know. me. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Myrick, when you said his name, I was thinking about him. I don't know why. I was. I'm curious to like. I always feel like. Oh my god. I, I'm like stuttering over it because I like am like kind of shy to say this, but I want to know what it's like to have sex with him. I mean, you can ask him right now. To I'm gonna shoot my shot, Kevin. If you hear this. Hit me up, okay? I'm not on Instagram right now, so you can't DM me. But Shane, and you talk. So if you if you want sex, you know where to find it, okay? I can just tell you what it was like. Did you have sex with Kevin? No. Oh. He's, He's like- white. Of course I didn't. <laughs> True. Um, but I feel like if we were to be anything, it'd be would it be weird that we're both like bald? I just imagine you guys like rubbing each other's heads. Ooh, yeah. And not like the kind that you would normally rub in sex. Wow, I'm so hard. Yeah. (laughs) The the whole thing with this coronavirus, oh my gosh. I feel like we're kind of at a standstill where nothing's changing, but it's inevitable that like people are going to contract it. So I feel like what 
again, I'm no political person as far as making rules. I don't know how to deal with shit like this, but in my own personal life, I feel like people are going to do what they're doing anyways. Mm -hmm. And you need to now take it upon yourself to be safe if you're out in public. And so I'm just like, at this point, people should wear masks and stuff. And if you're worried, then you should wear a mask. And if you're still worried, then just don't go out in public. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know, like maybe this is irresponsible of me to say, but... I feel like it's kind of silly at this point to just be like putting everything on lockdown when no one's listening to the damn rules anyways. Yeah. And if, if you're the ones at risk, just like you would be at any other flu season, not to say coronavirus is just like any other flu. Cause obviously it's more contagious, but like during the winter, people take more vitamins or whatever, if they know they're going to be susceptible for whatever's out there. So it's kind of the same situation Yeah. in my head. But again, I'm not in the demographic that it affects as much. So then that's why I'm like, it's easy for me to say this because it doesn't affect my life. And if I do get it, I, probably will be fine yeah i mean the the hard part about it is like all the gyms in long beach are so closed which is why i'm going to huntington beach but the amount of people that i've seen with long beach state shirts on at that gym Mm -hmm. tells me that everybody that would be going to the gym here is just flocking over there right what i will say about opening up to full capacity i don't know if that's what you were saying but a lot of people are arguing for like life to just go back to normal back to normal but i think we have a good understanding of what how this virus acts and like kind of the treatment to fix it, not necessarily a vaccine. So in my head, I'm just like, why don't we just stock and prepare the hospitals, what we need for worst case scenario and just kind of plan it that way rather than like trying to put hold on everything. Cause I feel like realistically, like life can't stop anymore. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been fine had everyone did the quarantine and then it was like kind of like subsiding because obviously a lot of other countries did that and it was fine. But I think because Americans are kind of selfish in that way, and I know what I'm saying right now can sound a little bit selfish, so I'm I'm not naive to the same idea that I'm pushing Mm -hmm. that same agenda. But to me, I'm like, well, if we're going to put it to what would fit with American culture for what it is now and how we mishandled it, I feel like the next step would just be it is what it is. (laughs) That sounds so irresponsible. And as I'm saying that, I do feel uncomfortable saying that. But Yeah, I put. I actually voted for Trump. Put a little sticker with a star next to his name and said, "Marry me, daddy." Yeah. Well, I saw. I I saw my friend Carlos yesterday, who lives in New York, and he was saying that in New York, they're having to open the insides of restaurants because all the out. It's getting too cold to sit outside all these places. It's frustrating because I do want everything to just like go back to normal. But with that being said. I also see the way that countries in like Europe right now are seeing a spike and it is harsh to say like we're going to lose some along the way because what I'm scared of now is not contracting it and not being able to fight it but contracting it and not knowing what lies in the future for me based on contracting it now because they're already doing studies based on findings of people who have had it recently of obvious like long-term heart and lung defects but also long-term um brain defects uh, and how it's potentially causing early onsets of uh, types of like dementia and Alzheimer's Mm -hmm. where people have like foggy brain or they like can't maintain attention in watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy recently. The, the idea of like losing memory down the road somewhere scares the absolute shit out of me. Like I would rather die than lose my memory. Oh, I would be fine losing my memory. Oh no. Like to have (laughs) Alzheimer's. When I say that, that's not me saying I want to, but I feel like I'd be fine. Cause if you lose your memory, you don't know that you're forgetting. I know. But the, the way that you age backwards in that sense of like becoming infantile and needing around the clock supervision, Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to have to do that with me. To me with that, like if I start losing my memory and I, you hear it on record, just let me die Mm. because I wouldn't even know what's going on (laughs) to Mm -hmm. get killed. You know what I mean? So it's like, whatever. I just want to be clear, too, with saying all this coronavirus stuff. I don't think it's more important to open the economy and let my life go back to normal at the stake of someone else's life. Yeah. So that's what I don't want. I like. I, I feel like that is kind of obvious, but I also think the way we're speaking about it makes it seem like we're insensitive to that idea. That's not what I'm saying. Mm. But I also think with that said is that because we know it's inevitable, we should just be prepared to handle the consequences of it happening rather than it being like the prevention of it. And I think it can go both ways, right? Where like wear your mask and stuff like that to prevent it. But I think it's inevitably going to happen to some people. So just be prepared for the inevitable situations and then be responsible for the preparation situations as well. And I think Mm -hmm. if people just actually like go forward doing that, it could help and just let life be life. But again, it's easy for me to say that because I'm not living in fear to, you know, 
yeah. contract this. And we ain't no professionals uh, here. <laughs> this is just an opinion, okay? If you if you feel differently, please tell me how I'm wrong. I would love to hear that because I love to talk about Easy solutions. for you to say. No one can contact you anymore. Work. <laughs> So as you know, the election is still coming up on November 3rd, and I feel like it's really important. We don't mean to always get so political on things, but clearly in American culture, politics are a very big, hot topic. And we don't want to bombard you because I'm sure you hear enough about politics in your daily life. But we feel like it's important to talk about because what? It's only like two more weeks of this, and then we probably won't talk about many political things unless Trump does get elected and civil war starts, or <laughs> vice versa, Biden gets elected and then Trump's army comes after us. But regardless, as of right now, we want to get political. Yeah. So today, we felt like it was a good idea to inform our listeners about things that are going on in California. I know we have listeners outside of California, but we're going to just talk about California things because it affects us personally. We wanted to go over some of the props that we are currently voting on. Did you turn in your ballot already? No, I'm filling it out slowly. Okay, so yeah. I've already completed my vote, my mail-in ballot, and I've actually turned it in. So it is what it is at this point for me. Did you mail it or did you drop it off at a location? I uh, put it in a mailbox. So you mailed it. Okay. I mailed it, yeah. Are you I don't, tracking it? No. But oh. see, I don't care. Not that I don't care, but I just have a trust in the system, maybe naively. Yeah. But I I feel like when you buy into the hype of like hysteria, that's when you start kind of getting yeah. going crazy. Kind of like what I was saying with why I left social media is like the noise. Mm. You know, there's certain situations where things like that do happen, but on the mass majority of like what actually happens, Did I don't you say majority, majority, yeah, vast majority. <laughs> I meant to say mass majority, but then I said vast. No, vast majority is correct. But also, I was saying like the mass majority, oh. and then I switched the two. But you know, guys, you ain't new to this, bitch. But mass, vast is synonymous with mass. I know, but I was trying to say vast majority i think or one of the other mass majority vast majority but i said vast majority <laughs> anyways <laughs> i'm probably gonna cut all that out you know what no i'm gonna it. keep it i'm gonna leave it uh I, I try not to buy into that grammar. hysteria of like oh my god because i'm sure it does happen but i highly doubt someone's hacking in to the signal hill mailbox on wardlow and lemon yeah <laughs> i mean they could be but if they did i guess my vote Whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, now we've had the issue, at least in California, of fake official drop ballots or drop boxes for ballots where there are places like churches, for instance, where they're like, oh, if our church members want to drop off their ballots here, if they're like maybe older or whatever, and they just want to bring it to church and drop it here, blah, blah, blah. And they have set up these, and these are all Republican set up boxes, but they're just these like black metal boxes with like random signs that say like official, you know, ballot. Wait, how do we, box. how do we know it's a Republican setup box? I mean, they're claiming responsibility and okay. they're arguing that it's legal to do. So here's the thing: there are wait, what? So people are dropping their ballots in this, and then they're not getting mailed off. No, so I don't know that they're not for sure getting mailed off. But the issue is, it's illegal to set up a drop box. And call it an official Dropbox if it's not set up by the government. But like who's the calling it an official Dropbox? Like the signs that they're putting on these boxes say like official ballot drop. So like it, there's a church say. And like like I get what you're saying because in my head I'm thinking if the community feels safe to be like, hey, let me just give you my ballot so you can turn it in. Like I would be like, hey, Shane, can you go to the post office during the day and drop my ballot off? I don't feel like that's that harmful. But if you have, like, hundreds of people dropping it here, thinking it's some, like, official government-run thing, uh -huh. and it's just, like... So that's the thing. There is a legality where you can have official drop belt, like, boxes. boxes. Yeah. But but my but question there's, is... There's a designated legal person who comes and picks that up. Yeah, no, I understand that. But are those boxes that people are doing, like, this example that you use with the church, mm -hmm. are is someone actually taking those ballots to mail them off? Uh, I don't know for sure whether they are or not, but I know for sure that there's no legal designated person to do it. Got it. And that's where but see, it this is where illegal. I'm like, why is that? Like, I feel like we're making a story, not you, but in general, yeah. like this is the hysteria I'm talking about where the second part, where if the ballots get where they need to go, who gives a shit as far as the means? Because I think in my head, when I hear that story, I'm like, well, that's a well-intended thing. 
You know, like I would help people in my neighborhood to be like, oh, yeah, you don't want to go to the post office? Yeah, I'll, I'll drop it off. And I clearly am a trusted person because I would actually do that. But if I felt trusted by someone in my community that I knew what they would do that, I wouldn't mind doing that. Even if they said it was official and they called themselves officially, I'm going to do it. I still would do it. So You would just give some random person your ballot? I wouldn't because I feel more comfortable putting it in a mailbox. But if someone... Yeah. But if someone did do that, I don't see the harm in that, especially if those would get to that next point. So with that story as an example, if you were to tell me someone used that box and then destroyed all the ballots, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fucked up. But just because the first half of the story doesn't seem right, but then the second half still carried through and actually did what they say we're going to do, then I don't feel like it's a problem. Do you know what I'm saying? I get it. I just think like... Because that's like the part of the, the hysteria that I'm talking about where like someone's making a story be like, oh my God, someone's passing this off as like a official ballot. But I'm like, well, if they're actually getting to where they need to go in the same means, then technically it is a official ballot because you put it in thinking this is going to go to who needs to get it and it does. So then it's like, yeah, it's not official in the sense of like the government put it there, but it's official in the sense that it is going to get to where it needs to go. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many contingencies around how that works. Like say people drop it off all the way up until November 3rd and they stopped delivering all those ballots on November 2nd. Like right. we don't know. We we're not monitoring what they're doing. Right. So like with nobody without knowledge that there needs to be like monitoring over that particular place or whatever, it's hard for us to be like, well, it's fine. Cause they'll get most of them there. Right. You know, but like, but to me in my head, I'm like, if people are worried about that, then just do it yourself. And if, if mm-hmm. you do something that you think is correct, like for instance, thinking you have trust in the church to give your ballot and then all of a sudden it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. then that's your fault <laughs> for giving it to the church. Not necessarily like that's not the church's fault for not doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yes and no. I mean, because in my head, I'm like, that's why I do a lot of the shit that I do in my life for myself. Because the only reason I, the only way I can get mad at someone else for not doing something is because I didn't do it. I can't get mad at them for not doing it. Yeah, but they're they're not like designated as like a legal place to do that. So like I think it should be illegal for and again, the church was an example that I read about. Right. But say like any designated area where people typically congregate, it's illegal for you to say that there's an official drop box. So if they if they so what you're saying is if they didn't call it the official drop box, you would you would be like it's fine. Not me, I'm saying like but the I mean state like, of California. But the the story. Do you know um, what I'm saying? Like, is it the pro- no, like the problem I, is that people are saying it's an official Dropbox? Yes, but also to take it further, there's an issue with like I think they called it. Her, uh, there's a term for when there's like a, a mass amount of ballots harvesting, ballot harvesting. Uh huh. Ballot harvesting is only legal when there's like a designated person uh-huh. to do it. So like any place can't say that they're like taking all these ballots i think it's a numbers thing right like if i just took your ballot with mine nobody's gonna know that i took your ballot but this is like a known box so like if i'm telling you and you're telling 10 people to be like oh drop your ballot here right now we've spread all this misinformation about like people just dropping their ballot their ballots off somewhere that we don't really know like is going to lead to so the fear is and i'm assuming this is why it came into conversation is that someone harvested these ballots and they didn't end up getting mailed off the potential that they could yeah but did they not i don't know oh because i'm like who gives a shit if they end up getting mailed off that's like me going to the cheer gym and be like hey all my athletes mail i'll i'll just turn it in because because i only bring that up because like just recently i was talking to the kids and a lot of them are 18 and i was like did you guys vote and they're like no and i was like why not and they're like we're not registered i was like okay pause 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 (laughs) Everyone get your phone out. And I was like, let's register to vote right now. And they're like, but, and I was like, no, 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 no. This is, I was like, we're being good citizens right now. So I got everyone to register to vote. And they're like, when am I going to get my ballot? I was like, that second part, I have no clue, (laughs) but I'm doing what you need to do as uh, an adult. And so we did that. And say if they all came to practice with their mail-in ballots, I would, because I want them to vote and they're like, I don't have time to go to the post office. I would take it. Would that be considered harvesting for my sake, even though it's not at the magnitude, but say like 20 kids? 
I don't know, but I would be mad at you if you dropped off all those ballots at an unofficial official box. Well, yeah, but I also wouldn't do that because I would feel more comfortable putting it in like the UPS box. Yeah. Not UPS, but U- USPS. Thank you. Yeah. We're so off tangent. I'm so <laughs> sorry, guys. But I just I just feel like with stuff like that, like that's a lot of the things that the media is doing is like this hysteria. But here's my other issue with it is through this whole time, Republicans have been pushing this narrative of like fraudulent mail-in ballots. Uh-huh. And it's like, you're the one creating the fraudulent boxes to pe- for people to drop their ballots in. Like Democrats are saying, go to the official boxes. This is what they look like. Yeah. Go to these or go to the USPS or go to the, your, your county official and drop it off in person. And Republicans are like, no, don't mail in your ballot. Show up on the day of and like wait in, you know, however long of lines to vote. And it's like, but then you're also pushing people to drop off these ballots in these like technically fraudulent boxes. Like that's so contradicting to like try and back up your own opinions. I agree. But then also couldn't you complain or not complain, but couldn't you say that a male person who's emptying that mailbox I dropped it in could technically fuck with ballots as well? They could. The difference is they're monitored. Like they're monitored. But how would they be monitored because they're on the truck alone. So couldn't they just be like, oh, because I've seen mail on the ground before. Or they like, we've gotten mail that wasn't supposed to come to us. Not because it was like from previous tenants, but because literally it was like the wrong house. Mm-hmm. And say it was a ballot. They just fucked up, but it wasn't intentional. But couldn't they pass it off as like, oh, I didn't realize. So realistically. I mean, not I'm, with like hundreds of ballots. No, I agree. But if it was, say, a hundred hundreds of ballots that potential could still happen too. So that's why I'm like... The potential is there, but statistically it's proven it hasn't happened. But statistically, is it proven that more people are getting harvested ballots? What do you mean? Like you said, statistically, male people aren't doing that, which I agree, which is why I feel safe to put it in a mailbox. But Mm -hmm. is there statistics out there saying that this harvesting No, because these are just happening right now. I know, but is it like even like widely doing it to the point where like they're finding ballots destroyed and like in the trash or like not where they're supposed to be. I don't know. I don't think that's the point though. I guess. I don't know. I just feel like this is like a story that like is taking maybe a one-off incident, trying to make it a thing. And then all of a sudden, no, no, there's like multiple like locations that have been found. No, I I believe that. But I mean, like just because they're found, that doesn't mean that the like the intention was there to mail it off for all these people. If they got mailed off, I don't see the problem. But if they're harvesting to destroy them, I can understand why that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Should we just move on? Yeah, we're not going to see eye to eye on this Let's at all. move on. <laughs> okay, so let's begin. I'm just going to um, go through each prop. We're only doing five of, what, the 10 or so props out yeah. there because all of them, I feel like, are not that important. Even though we voted on them, it's not worth talking about. Twelve. Twelve. These are the things that we want to talk about. There's only five. We're going to try to blast through this because we just totally spent all that time. <laughs> okay, so first off is Prop 16. And in California, Prop 16 allows diversity as a factor for public employment, education, and contracting decisions. And I'm just going to give you a little backstory. It's been 20 year, 24 years since California voters considered whether race, ethnicity, and gender should be considered in awarding government contracts and admissions to states, colleges, and universities. And the idea is that it's like affirmative action, right? Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to combat s- systemic racism, especially since it's so prevalent now within the current topic with Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. And in opposition to this, people who are against this prop say that this is another form of racism and it is a misguided attempt to correct a problem of race inequality. Mm-hmm. So how do we feel about this? Well, I have uh, voted yes on it, like on my practice ballot. Yes, meaning you want gender and race to be a considering factor when hiring, right? That's what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. With that said, I struggle with this because ensuring that there's a qualitative amount of whoever, whatever community you're talking about, doesn't guarantee that there's like a quantitative, like positive measure of treatment after they've been like admitted or whatever, again, whatever community you're trying to measure. So like there was a story that I just read this morning about a biracial couple in Florida who listed their house in their predominantly white neighborhood and they were trying to have it appraised so that they could refinance their home. Uh The first appraisal came through much lower than they expected around like $330,000. And for similar homes, like directly in that area, there was like a lot more money to be made off the house. So the, what the wife who is a, an African American woman 
and a lawyer was like, I really want to try this one more time. And so she like got the bank to approve a second appraisal. She took out all photos of like any, basically all photos and books and any other like uh, proof that like a black person would live in that house. She took out and she left and only had the husband stay while the appraisal came. And they appraised it at 440000 And she was like, obviously there's not concrete proof that this was racially driven, but there's no reason that appraisal should be off that much. It was like right. nearly a 40% jump. And so again, that's, the reason I bring this up is there was a time when maybe that biracial couple, A, either couldn't exist or B, own, own property in that area. Just because they can now doesn't mean that they're being treated fairly, right? So it's hard because it's like, yeah, if they want to live there, I want them to be able to live there. So I think it's important that they're like measured in being like, yes, she's African-American, but we're taking her almost for that reason. Mm -hmm. But it's hard because that doesn't mean that, like, they're going to be treated fairly. Right. You know, and I don't know how to justify that. Well, I think that the argument here is the difference between equality and equity. Because mm-hmm. I think the idea is, like, everyone should be equal, but not everyone's starting at the same starting line. So then equity right. comes into the play, right? Yeah. Um, I saw this visual representation of this where there's a fence and the fence is five feet high, right? Oh, Do you yes. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And what equality would be is that the six foot person, the five foot person, and the four foot person are all standing on a level ground, and only the six foot person can look over the fence because they have that advantage. And mm-hmm. that's equality because we're all equal, we're all at the same starting point. But what people argue is that it's not fair because, as that example shows, those people were just born into that. And so what equity would be is to help set off that difference by giving the shorter four-foot person a two-foot box to keep them at six feet and then the five-foot person a one-foot box to keep them at mm-hmm. six feet and then the six-foot person be at six feet. And that's the whole idea of like generational wealth where yeah. back when, you know, Jim Crow and all those laws where black people like couldn't owe things or redlining or even schools and how they divvy up funds and all these things that like it isn't a myth, but it's just statistically speaking as fact. And But I don't want to get into it because, you know, that's a mm-hmm. whole separate argument than this proposition. But it's the idea that equity, we need to give everyone a fair starting point. Mm-hmm. And I understand the, the argument on the opposite end because I believe that like the best person for the job should be the one to get the job. Right. But of course, people who start off at a better starting point will be the better person to get the job. And then it just perpetuates the idea that the same kind of demographics keep fitting into the Mm -hmm. same roles. And I've been on this situation where clearly I'm in a minority and I feel like I've gotten overlooked because of how I am as a person. And again, I can't prove it because it's not fact, just like the example you use for the people who are getting their house appraised. So it's like people can argue both one way or another. And I agree. I can argue that, too. But I will say on the opposite end, it just reminds me of the Kona catastrophe that I said in last year's episode, that two-part series of the woman I talked to. She was from when affirmative action was the case. And I remember she was saying, like, I couldn't get into UCLA because a stupid Asian girl got in over me. And I was better than what she, da-da-da-da-da, X, Y, whatever crazy stuff she was saying. Yeah. And... I get why people on the receiving end of not being able to get those opportunities would feel a certain way about it, but also being on the end where like I feel like what she's experiencing, people that are getting those opportunities experience every single day, mm-hmm. I would think that there's that compassion idea of being like, oh, I get it, you yeah. know? And I even spoke to her and I was like, but you were fine though, right? Like you still got in to where you wanted to go eventually. And she's like, well, yeah. And I was like, so that's that's the difference though, you mm-hmm. know? And it, with race, it's obviously a hard conversation to have because it's hard to speak and understand someone's experience. I think it's easier for us as gay people yeah. or people who've gone through something traumatic. And I don't mean gay people like we're the only ones who can see this, but anyone who's had adversity, it's easy to see someone else's struggle as something that is akin because you know that that pain. But when someone hasn't ever been mistreated, to explain mistreatment, yeah. they're seeing it through a lens of their own eyes that it's hard to kind of like delineate or like understand so i get why there's frustration behind this but i understand the opposition of is this the right way of Mm -hmm. fixing this problem because i think it's good intended but i also understand the problems that it brings but then in my head i'm like well what is the other scenario and the other scenario is leaving things where they are and i don't think that that's good so at Mm -hmm. least this is some sort of change to see if where we can get is a better place and if it's not then go from there and see where we failed yeah but I think this is change that is necessary. 
Yeah. Long story short. Well, I voted yes. I believe I voted yes, too. I don't remember because I sent in my ballot, but I do believe that I was like, yes, for (laughs) equity. Moving on. Prop 17. So this one was a big one, and I was actually really excited to vote for this one, but it restores the right to vote after completion of prison term. So in California, there's about 40,000 parolees, and parolees are people who are not behind bars, but they're released and they're obligated to follow a set of rules to make sure that their transition back into society is appropriate. And if they do break any of the rules, they will get back into jail, especially if they break rules on why they got in jail in the first place. And um, a lot of these people who are on parole are working. They ha- they are raising families and they're paying taxes. So the people who say this prop should be passed is that they should be able to vote because they are paying taxes and they're already up, you know, um, a, c- a citizen of society putting stuff back into society. But then the opposition is, say- is saying that they still are completing a sentence even though they're out of jail but on parole. So they mm-hmm. still haven't completed their sentence. And voting is a right and they have to gain the trust of society in order to be able to vote again. Mm-hmm. So what's your take? I I absolutely am voting yes. I think that they should 100%. I am under the belief that like prisoners should be able to vote. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't understand, because that's the thing. Voting is a right. It's not mm-hmm. a privilege. Like, it's that's guaranteed to us. I guess the argument could be like, well, what, what type of... Uh, you know offense if you will would be cause for you to not support somebody being able to vote like if someone's you know a mass baby murderer are you going to be like they should still be able to vote i don't know i don't know like where that line is drawn but like if in this particular instance on this on this ballot this year we're 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 voting on behalf of people who have already served their sentence Mm -hmm. right and in that video we watched explaining this they talked about how like people are still proving themselves to society to be honest society already forgot about that person while they were in prison do you know what i mean like we already put so much on the heads of of prisoners or people who have served their time Mm -hmm. that i don't think this should be another thing that we have a say over right in terms of being like you can't vote i think if they want to vote they should be able to if they're citizens and they've served their time like let them fucking vote i 100 percent agree my mindset comes from the idea that jail should be a rehabilitation center, not a death sentence. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when people go to jail, it should be a correctional facility, like they call it, to where they correct the behavior that is deemed unsocietably correct. Yeah. And the problem with that is that, like, that doesn't happen when people are in prison because a lot of these private-owned prisons get profit off of people being in jail, which is why they overpopulate because they get more money. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm like, no, if a prison, if someone's in prison, that should be almost like a rehab for them, right? A rehabilitation center for drugs is to get them off drugs. A jail should be a rehabilitation center to get them off criminal charges, mm-hmm. right? So realistically, I feel like if someone is on parole trying to rejoin society, I think if you give them the freedoms of what it was like before they were in jail to understand why this is so much better than being in jail, I think it will incentivize them to not be a repeat offender. Mm -hmm. And I also think that if you give the person a say, it does affect their lives. Just Mm -hmm. like this, for example, this affects people's lives who are in jail. So why would you not let them make those rules? Because to me, the only difference between someone in jail and someone who's not in jail is a lot of them just got caught. That's Mm -hmm. the difference, right? Like, especially with marijuana, a lot of people are in jail for drug charges. There's still plenty of people on the streets smoking marijuana or selling drugs or whatever. The only difference is they didn't get caught and they're voting, yet you don't Mm -hmm. have a problem with that. Do you know what I mean? So to me, I'm like, whether you're in jail or not, it doesn't affect the outcome of the grand scheme of things because majority of people aren't in jail. So even if a baby killer got a vote, There's not enough baby killers to be like, baby Mm -hmm. killing should be legal. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think that because these rules do affect them, yeah, Mm -hmm. they should have a say in it. And if there's enough push to like get laws changed and stuff like that, like what it seems like it's going, I think it's better. And again, this is a whole idea of like defund the police. Like I, I again, have a problem with saying defund the police because I don't think that's accurate depiction of what we actually want to happen. But reallocate funds to get better social programs and stuff like this. I think this is a measure and little things that you can do to change the psyche of an individual because to me, once they're in jail, to help them what is already too late. Mm-hmm. 
Like we should have been doing things when they were crying out for help from the beginning, right. whether that is putting more money into the schooling system, right? Because if you look at schools that don't do well, usually they say that people that go to poor community schools will end up doing criminal things. But then I'm like, okay, well then invest in having a better mindset for students who go there so yeah. that they know what it's like to be a, I don't want to say a better person because who am I to judge and like say what's right or wrong, but in, in the idea of what is deemed good in society, then start there. And if someone gets arrested, you're already too late. Yeah. And that's my mindset. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I sit there and help at the gym and there's times where I've stepped in to help one of my athletes get through a problem. And I'm like, if I wasn't there, I bet you this outcome would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. And luckily they had that situation. I'm not saying luckily they met me, but I'm just saying luckily they had that moment, whether it was with me or some other coach right. to help correct the course of their actions. But not everyone's afforded to that. And I feel like I have that compassionate mindset of like, if someone is fucking up, it's not necessarily who they are. It's just the life they've lived to got them there. And I, I can see the difference and everyone makes mistakes. So why not like give right. them an opportunity? Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Moving forward. This is another big one that I love because I love this younger generation, but prop 18. And then quickly, this permits 17 year olds to vote in primary and special elections. If they will turn 18 by the next general election and be otherwise eligible to vote. So just a little backstory, as it stands now, an 18-year-old Californian whose birthday was after the March 3rd presidential primary missed out on the chances to pick some candidates and now gets to vote only for the one smaller groups of hopefuls who made it to the November 3rd ballot. So in essence, what they're saying is when we pick our primary, when because I know a lot of um, younger voters loved Bernie Sanders, right? And say they were only 17 on March 3rd when we picked our primary, and a lot of those votes were not able to be accounted for because they were 17. And so now, once you get to the general, Joe Biden's there. And what they're saying is that voters are less likely at a younger age to vote because they're like, well, the if they are a part of the entire presidential cycle of picking the candidate and then voting for them when they when it comes time, they're more willing to vote when they're 18 mm-hmm. at that time, which I kind of see the logic there. And so they're saying more, more voters will be engaged to vote because they are a part of the entire voting cycle rather than voting for candidates that might they might not have wanted in the general election. And the opposition to this is that a lot of these individuals who are 17 are still under strong influence of their parents and teachers and they wouldn't be voting for themselves as much as they would be voting for the interests of their parents and their teachers. Yeah, I think this is bullshit because you can claim that somebody who turns 18 within three months of the primary election is still going to have just as much of an influence mindset 100%. as if they were seven. You know what I mean? Like, there's no justification or grounds here that is like substantial enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. When I was reading the cheat sheet website that mm-hmm. you had sent me. They were sort of like summarizing the pros and cons or what supporters and opposers are saying. And opposers basically said something along the lines of like their brains aren't fully developed and yeah. they still are like children. And I'm like, but again, we're talking about people who will be of legal age to vote by the time the election yeah. comes around. So they're close enough to that what you deem is like an adult mindset to vote now. Right. Like, like March 3rd to November 3rd. That difference, you're not learning that much of life. Like, you're not changing an entire... Like, I would understand if you were saying 12-year-olds should be able to vote, and Mm -hmm. then when they're 18, that I would understand. But, bitch, it's the same person from 17 and four months old, as opposed Mm -hmm. to 18 months, or whatever And we were talking, like, at that age, uh, I almost feel like kids at, like, 17 like Kelly and Conway's daughter don't like to their do parents more in opposition to their parents <laughs> and in support of I especially agree. right now politically speaking because they have to deal with so much more in in like later down their uh-huh. lives that I don't feel like you can argue that they're just going to do what their parents want like, I agree yeah to me this is the same argument of the electoral college where you don't have trust in your citizens to make mm-hmm. a informed decision so you make someone totally pick for you and this is my how idea well that's going for us exactly and so in my head i'm like kids have so much information being on social media which is why i got off it is so political people are having these conversations at a very young age if you get on tiktok a lot of the users are this demographic of like mm-hmm. 16 to 18 and below, and all of them are posting political things. They're going to rallies. They're doing um, Black Lives Matter protests. They're going to abortion clinics to like troll yeah. people who are pro life. Whatever the case is, not saying it's right or wrong, but they're getting involved. So I'm like, yes, if this helps people feel like they have a voice earlier on, and then in turn will help them feel like they should get involved, I support it 110%. And I think the difference is if you feel like 
voting at 17, they're not informed enough, then you need to have that discussion if you have a 17-year-old to be like, hey, this is really important. Voting is extremely, extremely important. So when you're making the decisions, make sure that you're making them for yourself. Mm -hmm. Granted, I can understand parents influencing their kids. I get that. But that's that's the same thing to say as like someone who's 20 years old is not influenced by their parents. That's still the same case. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone who's 28 who's not voting. And I was like, wait, why aren't you voting? They're like, I don't know who to vote for. And they're like, I probably I usually just like vote the same as my parents, but I don't agree with my parents. so I don't want to vote. And I'm like, what? And so like just because you're 18 to 28 or 17, it all happens at every mm-hmm. age. That's just a person. It's yeah. not an age. It's a person. Yeah. So that doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Silly. So, I yeah, I want 17-year-olds to be able to vote as well. Mm-hmm. Prop 20. This one is a long, breathy one. So I'm going to try to... Because I was a little bit confused. And then, Shane, you can clearly help me kind of, like, explain it. But Prop 20. Restricted parole for certain offenses currently considered to be nonviolent. It would allow some theft-related crimes to be charged as felonies. And it would create two new crimes. Serial theft is one of them. And organized retail theft. Both crimes would result in jail time. So, if passed, there are three main things it would amend in the state's constitution. One, it would increase penalties for some kinds of stealing. Two, make it harder for people to get out of prison on supervised release. And three, require the government to collect DNA samples in more criminal cases. Just six years ago, California has voted to reduce punishments for some types of stealing. Voters set the bar at $950. If the crime is under $950 level, the charges are usually petty theft and a misdemeanor. If the crime is more than $950, it would be considered a felony charge. So the approval of Prop 20 would allow felony punishment for stealing as little as $250 or property. So specifically, the proposition creates two new theft-related crimes. Yeah. Do you want to clarify? I don't know. I like I don't know what else to say that you didn't just say. Here's what I will say about it. I am currently voting no on this. One of my reasons being there's a board in Orange County that is in support of it. Uh-huh. Whilst the ACLU is against it. Yeah. And I feel like just in those two <laughs> facts alone, I'm like I'm going to side with the ACLU. But like just from the the first sentence of an explanation in the sample ballot restricts parole for certain offenses currently considered to be nonviolent. Mm-hmm. So like you're going to restrict parole for somebody who has this misdemeanor on their account or on their record. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't make sense to me. How are we all of a sudden just going to change the justification of their sentence or their mm-hmm. term or whatever based on the fact that we have this new rule that suddenly broadens or um, intensifies their crime mm-hmm. because we now see it differently. Like, no, if you've already been tried for something, like, great, the, that's what it should be based yeah. on, I think. Do you remember what you voted on this? I want to say that I voted in opposition to making it more harsh. So whatever that verbiage is. I think it's a no, right? Yes. Is that right? Okay, yeah. I don't know. Let me just be clear with it. I don't want to make the prison sentence more harsh. And that's what it seems like this is trying to do, yes, right? Yes, so I'm against what it's pr- proposing. Yeah. Cause in my head, I'm again, big on trying to rehabilitate and mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not quick to judge or I practice trying not to be quick to judge when people make mistakes. $250 of theft is not a lot. Like to me, I got my bike stolen. And, and so now they're saying someone could be convicted exactly. as a felon. Because, you know, someone's like, well, you've never gotten some stolen. So you don't know what it feels like. Well, I have. Yeah. And my bike was over $250. But in my head, I was like, well, if someone felt the need to come into my personal space and steal my bike, they must have needed that bike more than I did. (laughs) Yes, was I hurt that it was stolen? Yes. Does it make it right? Just because I have that mindset? No. I would love my bike back, but I don't think I would want that person to be in prison. And if I saw that person on my bike, I'd be like, hey, why did you steal my bike? (laughs) But again, I don't put a big value on material things. I think that's why it's different. But going forward, I just, I, I, I don't want to make it harder for people to get ahead. And in my head, I'm like, okay, this person stole $250 and going to jail. But yet all these motherfucking CEOs of these huge tech companies right. don't, aren't paying taxes and being billions of dollars. And they're reaping benefits. Luckily, they're smart enough to write laws and help push laws forward to get them even richer. But are they not stealing mm-hmm. in a different way? Yes. So yeah. why are we... To me, this is like petty crime. Does it affect me? Yes. But 
I'm like, nah, bitch, we should team up and like really start changing the dynamic because the reason why I see people are in these positions of homelessness and feeling the need to like the scarcity idea of I need this, I need that, let me steal it because I can't afford it yeah. is because we're not supporting ourselves or we're not supporting each other socially. So again, this is a very multi-level thing for me because when I start going and thinking about it, I think of like homelessness and all this other stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, there's ways to curb that. And I don't think this is the way to do it because realistically, if someone is stealing and then they make a mistake, they end up in jail and then they're the the providers of that family. Now that family doesn't have that, then all those kids will end up being right passed down of like potential criminal records and stuff. So I'm like, no... In my head again, worst case scenario, but that's where my heart lies. So yeah, not your heart. I mean, not my heart, my brain. Yeah, I don't got a heart. Fuck right. that. Fuck that black thing. <laughs> and then the last thing that we wanted to cover, right, was yeah. that's it. That's Prop the last one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Prop twenty five. It's a referendum on a law that replaces money bail with system based public safety and flight risk analysis. What it's trying to do is eliminate cash bail. And if people don't know, cash bail is if they get arrested, they get put in jail. And if you have the money to do it, you can pay bail to get released and be a part of society again until your trial. And this is only for crimes that aren't that serious, Mm -hmm. but still you have to like go to court for it. And if bail is offered, you can do that. Instead, people will be detained in a system if bail was taken out. And based on this system, it would charge them as if they should stay in jail or be released into the community instead of the bail. And what's happening currently is that instead of seeing if the person should be released in the community or not because they're not a danger, you're literally just trying to profit off of their mistake. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that if you have money, you get released. And if you don't, you got to either go to a bail bond place or stay in jail. And that just affects the people who are at the lower demographic. Yeah. What the problem or the opposition is that the formula that they're trying to use instead of bail bonds or bail could be problematic. Mm-hmm. And so it's that same argument that the intention's good, but in practice it might still have like the uh, racial biases and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But voters who say yes on this measure will be given their approval of the law to end cash bail. Voters who say no will reject the law and affirm the system as it has already existed for decades previously. Mm-hmm. So... On my sample ballot, I have like a little tiny dot within the bubble for the yes stance. But it's hard because uh, I feel like the the effort to move in the direction of using an algorithm to judge both the public safety and flight risk of each individual inmate maybe just Well, they're as, not inmates yet. Sorry. Yeah, the they're just accused or arrested offenders people, or whatever. Offenders, yeah. I feel like that algorithm could be just as unfair in classism, racism, sexism, whatever, as cash bail as right. cash bails are. Um, like it, it, it could potentially not solve the problem. Right. It just yeah. it just changes the face of it. It's right. the you know because I haven't seen anything that explains how this alg- algorithm will work. Like how do we judge who's a flight risk? Right. You know because I feel like. Somebody who can't afford a cash bail bond of any amount right now is more of a flight risk because they can afford to leave mm-hmm. in you know as quickly as they want. But I don't know that that's how this will be moved or judged. Right. I don't think that cash bail bonds work in the way that like in terms of being like a just way of of going about this. But I I don't know. Maybe give a, a new way a shot and see if it works. Well, any here's differently. the thing with it. Like, I don't think people are getting granted bail if you're going to be a violent offender, right? Like, yeah. if you're a murderer, you're not getting bail. Like, if you're going to be a danger to society, you're not getting bail. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to be a flight risk and like leave the country, whether bail is an option or not, they're going to want to be that person regardless. <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? So I think both sides it's going to happen. So. In my head, and again, I'm no expert in any of this, but from the research, the limited research I did, I would see it as like if someone stole, they got arrested, and then they had to post bail until their trial. If they're going to steal again or whatever the case is, that's going to happen regardless. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. whether they, if they post bail and they're back out and then they steal again, mm-hmm. that's just going to not help their trial regardless. Yeah. And I don't think that they're going to flee if they weren't planning on fleeing, whether bail or not was intended. Like, I don't think someone's like, oh my God, I can't flee now because I just have a bail bond of $100,000. No, Mm -hmm. if they spend $100,000 on bail, a bail bond, they're still going to be like, no, I'm still fleeing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that uh, that affects what's going to happen on the Because right now you have to front, what, 10% of your 
of your set bond? I have no clue how this works. I believe it's like 10%. So wait, what are you and are you a yes or no? I'm saying get rid of bail bonds or okay. yeah, bail, not bail yeah. bonds, but well, bail bonds as well, but get rid right. of bail. And the ones that are fighting for this are bail bond companies. So that's right. why I'm like, okay, now you're like, so oh, that's true. This is a profit thing. This has nothing to do with actually trying to help people. Right. It is completely a classist elitist kind of thing because the people who are posting bail usually are the ones who can and mm. For instance, like we mentioned before we recorded, Lori Laughlin and uh, Felicia Huffman. Huffman for the UCLA college, not UCLA, but USC college admission scandal and all that stuff. When they got arrested, they could post bail. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they could do that is because they had the money to do it. Right. And if someone else was in that same situation, they wouldn't be able to post bail. But again, they're they're not the people who would go out and murder someone or steal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, It was like obviously a more uh, sophisticated crime, but they're not a risk to society and if they if you can still be out in society on bail or not why do you have to pay to do that like mm-hmm. clearly you're if you're allowed to get bail that's telling me you're not gonna be that much of a harm regardless so yeah. you might as well just like let the trial decide it's almost like street sweeping to me what do you mean you get ticketed for street sweeping just as an incentive to make money for the the, the city, city. Those streets look dirty as fuck. For people right. who don't know, I don't know if this is just a California thing. It is. Okay. It is where, like, the way that we know it. Okay. Yeah. For people who don't know, street sweeping. Because in Chicago, those bitches just go right around your Thank car. Thank you. No ticket, no Thank nothing. Thank you. So, usually in California, every a lot of cities have street sweeping. So, for us, it's Tuesday on my side of the curb and then Wednesday on the other side from, like, four hours. If you're parked during that time when the sweeper comes by, you get a $65 ticket. Because they couldn't clean the street effectively because your car was in the way. But in my head, I'm like, that is stupid because the street still looks like shit. In my old apartment, street sweeping was from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. I would understand if it's during the day when people are at work Mm because when you have to park on the street, you're gone. I get that. But 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., everyone's going to be home. And then people literally can't find a place to park. So you're going to have to be there and what people do is wake up at four sit in their car when they hear the street sweeper turn their car on move let Mm -hmm. the sweeper pass park get out and go to bed i'm saying that's fucked up because that's just the city trying to fuck over its citizens and this is what i think the same thing where it's like you take an opportunity to like profit off of people who really you shouldn't be profiting off of right and that's the problem i have with it well so two things on that one let me backtrack and say, I think in the city of Chicago, there is street sweeping, but I know in the suburbs, like that is non-existent. Right. The other thing I wanted to say, piggybacking off of all of that, is it almost seems like there should be an argument to say that if somebody is worthy of bail, and when I say worthy, I mean they're not in an immediate risk to society. Right. There shouldn't be any means by which they can either be held or not. I agree. They just shouldn't be held. I agree. We're already so overflowing at our within our prison populations that we should... We should say like, okay, we don't need to also hold these people right. while they're awaiting trial. Just bring their asses in. Like, you know what I mean? There's right. there's other ways to monitor them. Because like you're saying, whether it's money or an algorithm choosing who stays and who goes, we are saying that there's a potential that they could be released. It's just dependent on XYZ. Exactly. Take out XYZ. Just let them go until they have to show exactly. up to court. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Like if people are going to be flighty or whatever, they're going to be flighty whether right. it's bail or not. You guys, we just bring this up as a conversation starter because I think it's important for you to vote and I get it. There's a lot of stuff that when you look at the ballot, it's overwhelming because you're like, I don't know any of this information. But I sent this to Shane, LA Times, as well as calmatters.org. They have a whole list of the propositions as well as minute videos that just quickly blurp out the pros and cons of each. And I feel like it's a pretty unbiased explanation for each prop. It's factually based. It's really factually based. And literally, I got it done in maybe 30 minutes. But because it's important, you should at least look into it. I mean, at the end of the day, vote for a president. But if you're outside of California, just Google your counties or your state's um, cheat sheet ballot. Yes. And there's like there are resources all over right now, especially right now. Where like celebrities are pulling together with organizations and they're being like, let's conduce this for people to make it very efficient and understandable. So there are resources, but just Google, like literally you can find them. You just have to put in like two seconds of effort to find it. Yes. And I recommend doing, looking at a couple sources just so you get both sides of the story. Because even if the sources I give you just now weren't the ones that you feel are credible, please find other sources because I really do think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. But please vote. Simple things that interfere a day, a week.
go first or do you want me to go first for this in season? I'll go first. I actually wasn't planning on using this as my in season, but in talking about so much politics, um, I've been watching a lot of interviews that Andrew Yang has been doing recently. I really like him. Mm. Andrew Yang is my in season. I feel like he talks about politics from a very factual based standpoint and makes very clear cut decisions, which obviously typically sway in my in similar um, political ways that like I would see things. Um, so I know that sounds biased, but again, I think he's coming from fact rather than feeling. And I know I come from feeling, but it's almost reassuring to know that there's like also facts to support the Mm -hmm. way that I'm feeling. Um, and I think that he's a representation similar with like AOC of why I'm excited for like after these next four years. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think we have a lot of really great people to look forward to and being a part of our government. A hundred percent. Um, and so I, I hope for like a really visible strong future for him i think he's a a great representation of like where we should be headed yeah yeah another two things with that one being uh have you seen pete Buttigieg Mm -hmm. on fox news on his abortion stance well just things that he's like kind of shut down because i feel like fox news does a really good job at like trying to make people look dumb i Mm -hmm. guess both sides of the media do that very well they try to like yeah, you know, swing it one way or another. But I feel like when they come after him, when he's interviewed, he really makes them look dumb. And I'm like, yeah. damn, this is a wrong bitch. He to does fuck his with. homework because he's one of the only Democrats that shows up on Fox News. Uh-huh. Nobody will give Fox News uh-huh. the time of day, and people are like, you need to give both sides of the aisle your time, and he does. But he also comes prepared, so like, and they the end thing. up looking stupid. Yes, yeah. When in the way he delivers the rebuttal, I'm like damn Mm -hmm. like it's just a very educated way of doing it and just very concise to the point super smart and then also on top of that secondly i was listening to the daily on um the podcast from the new york times Mm -hmm. and they just weekly or actually daily obviously it's called daily but each day they talk about certain political things that are going on and one of them was about um a scope into Donald Trump. And they were mm-hmm. like, okay, let's look at what he was saying in 2016 and his campaign and what he was running for and the things that he was promising America and how successful he's been doing that. Mm-hmm. And they were surprised too that he actually carried through with a lot of the things he, he said did. he was going to do. And so to me, like, I feel like history books, and I was saying this to Tracy yesterday when I saw her, is that I feel like history books are going to be kinder on him than mm-hmm. what the current climate is when, like, we think of Trump, it's just so visceral and like, ugh. Yeah. But he did do what he said he was going to do. The only problem is, is that it benefits the people that right. he's around. So that's why I'm still like, yeah, he's not a president I would want. But I was shocked because I really thought, because in my head, I, I paint him as like a liar and just a cheat. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because of like the media as well. I don't think that's propaganda. I really think that he is a liar and a cheat. Yeah. Again, personal opinion. I'm not saying that's fact. I'm just saying from what I understand of him, that's how I view him. But I was surprised to see that he actually like, as a leader, I guess, did what he said he was going to do. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Apparently um, in his, uh, we didn't watch his, uh, their um, town halls last night, but apparently he said in his that he may owe people money. <laughs> like post-presidency. May. Right. May is like $5 for like coffee, not <laughs> $420 million. Right. Yeah. So anyways, um, my in-season this week is not as important and completely random because I didn't know what to say, but I was like, oh, that's actually something that I was excited about for the week. So as you guys know, I got my nose pierced like mm-hmm. August 1st, and I have an L-shaped bar nose ring, and what's annoying is that those things fucking slip out. I ripped my nose ring out so many fucking times, mm-hmm. as recent as the other day, I think it was like two days ago, I woke up. Put, like pulled the blanket down over my face and it ripped my nose out. Ew. My my nose ripped my nose ring out and then as I was sleeping I just pushed it back in and then I felt like a tickle on my nose so I like rubbed it and I was bleeding everywhere. Oh my god! And then that same day I was like bike riding and I was like wearing a bandana as like a sweatband and I just like wiped my face because I was sweating and it pulled out again and I had Ew. to stop to find it and put it back in. So that same day I was like I'm getting a different nose ring. So I switched my nose ring to a flat back so it can't get pulled out. Uh-huh. Um, and it's been a godsend but I think the bar is a little bit too short because it's swollen so I'm hoping uh. the swelling goes down so that it's I don't have to go back. But again, last minute in season but it is something that makes me flat happy backs. for the week. Flat back nose ring because um. it's like literally changing my life it's funny because you dropped off Chikara after you guys got the ring the ring yeah and he came in and i was like oh what did you guys do and he's like 
we went to, we went to get more piercings and i was like you guys got more pierce he's like i mean i mean uh, uh like rings. rings and i was like oh bitch i was gonna be like you, you guys have like nothing left to pierce <laughs> if you keep going and like getting things pierced i know i within the past two weeks i went to the piercing store three times and oh got two piercings not for myself but two other oh, people oh. oh no three piercings yeah Stop convincing people. Well, people are like, I want to get pierced. I'm like, let's do it. And I, I feel like people want to do it, but they don't have the balls to say yeah. And yeah. I'm like, let's go. And I'm like, I'm driving. And I don't give them a chance to think about it. And then they're down. But me and Chikar actually almost did get a piercing again. We almost got our cartilage pierced. Yeah. You should get a piercing. No, I'm good. Why not? Why? I think it'd be cute to get a little little thing here. No. Let's I, do it today. I already have a calcium deposit here. I don't need a piercing Yes, there. you do. We're going we're gonna to go today. No. Oh, my God. I'm excited. Yay. <laughs> Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. That is the end of this conversation. Hopefully it was informative, even though we are bullshit. Mm. <laughs> As always, you guys, if you like this episode or any episode previously, a gift you can give us is to like, subscribe, rate, share, follow, review, all of the above. If you want to see what we're up to and follow us on Instagram, you can find us at fruit snacks pod and then you can also reach us through email at fruit snacks pod at gmail.com and as always thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week on fruit snacks bye, bye.